And there we go. That thing is delayed a lot. I'm going to have to fix that. Well, welcome, everybody. It is tea time. And yes, it is Monday. So it is a surprise tea time. It is not a regular scheduled tea time. We are doing something different today. We're bringing awareness to Girls Matter. That's right. I have the co-founder of uh, Girls Matter here. And she's going to be sharing a little bit about an upcoming event that is happening that they're going to help bring some awareness. And we're going to try and get some donations and all that good stuff in here today. But we're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk about Melissa and she's an incredible lady that was brought to my attention through Jacqueline, uh, Jack Zucola from Amazon Networking uh, Network. So check that out as well. Uh, a really special thanks to you, Jack, Jacqueline, for that uh, connection. So we're going to do the disclaimer, a little bit of bio, and we're going to get Melissa in here and we're going to do some TEA with you, but a different style with a surprise tea today. So if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, Miss Liz, go over, click over that little ring, ring the doorbell and subscribe to Miss Liz. If you'd like to know more about Miss Liz, check out the website, times, And we're going to get into a good, strong afternoon cup of tea. Disclaimer for Miss Liz's Tea Time Live Show. Miss Liz, myself, is going live using StreamYard. Before leaving a comment, please grant StreamYard permission to see your name at StreamYard.com. Please be advised that the content brought forward for any Tea Time show hosted by myself, Miss Liz, is always brought forward in good faith. However, may bring forward dialogues and opinions that are not representative of my platform. The facts and information are perceived to be accurate at the giving time of airing. All tea time guests and audience participants are responsible for using their good judgment in taking any action that may relate to the discussion. The content brought forward may include discussions for some where they may be emotionally at risk. It's significant to know that this show is engaging in discussion forums only to offer inspire awareness and connection and is not providing therapeutical advice. If you have any questions about the disclaimer or panelist discussion, you may freely contact me, Ms. Liz, through my email at bookingmissliz at gmail.com. Moving forward, should you choose to voluntarily participate in today's show in any aspect, I myself, Miss Liz, welcomes you. And should you decide that the show is not made for you at this time, I respect those wishes and we'll see you at a later date, at a later a, a show in the future. So again, tea time today is a Monday. We are doing a surprise tea time. All tea times are done on Thursday, 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. unless it is a surprise tea like today or a returning guest that wants to have a second cup of tea with Miss Liz. So now a little bit on my guests. Well, Melissa Daly, uh, Rally, uh, Del, Daly, Rally, I, I will get her to say it because I my tongue is all doing that thing again. Melissa is an integrative mind-body health practitioner, NLP, and hypo, hypotherapy trainer, and, and master practitioner in timeline therapy is dedicated to guiding individuals towards their best lives. As an international speaker and five-time best-selling author, she's honored on the 2022 Craig Global Award and list and a two-time recipient of the 2022 and 2021 Quality Care Award by Business from the Heart. Melissa hosts the Impact Don't Wait for the Wake Up Call podcast, offering concise, practical advice for health and mindset, embodying her commitment to holistic well-beings. Melissa is also the co-founder of Girls Matter, educating girls and reducing teenage marriages, which is something Miss Liz is really passionate about. So let me get Melissa in here. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you, Miss Liz. I'm excited to be here. I, I you know, I, I get ready to say something and all of a sudden my tongue just locks up and I'm just like, oh, really? We talked about this before we went live. So can you tell me how to say your last name? It is Dealey. Dealey. So I was thinking really because you were telling me that as yeah. I was trying to, oh, that's why I was kicking. It is really with a D, which becomes Dealey. So yes, <laughs> I get so, all sorts of people saying my name in different ways though. So I don't mind. 
<laughs> well, sometimes I just pronounce the letters instead of the sounds, right? I that it's just part of my learning uh, capability, right? Uh, I have this dyslexic, so the letters kind of switch and all of that. Play games on me. So, Melissa, I want to get into who Melissa was as a little girl and who Melissa is now as a grown lady. Wow. So who Melissa was as a little girl was a fun, loving child who had the incredible experience to be raised in Tokyo, Japan from the age of six. I'm originally Australian. So I was born in Australia and moved to Tokyo and lived there for the following 10 years. And that was the most incredible upbringing that one that I could have ever asked for. I was in an international school system with kids from all over the world that were there with me. I became a very high level swimmer. I, uh, all of my friends, um, it was very social for me. So all of my friends were swimmers with me. I became a lifeguard. I loved sports aside from swimming. I also uh, did gymnastics and played basketball. In fact, a couple months ago, I went and visited my high school PE teacher after not seeing him for 40 years because we reconnected over COVID and he'd had such an impact on my teenage years. And I just felt such a connection to him that I went and visited him and his wife. So that was me as a, as a, as a girl, you know, growing up in a completely different culture, getting to experience that uh, with people from all over the world in my school community. I'm the oldest of four kids. And at the age of 13, unfortunately, my father passed away suddenly. So I grew up fast. I became a second parent because my youngest siblings uh, were only five and three at the time. So my mom needed support with, you know, even as they got older, just getting them to school and, you know, with me, et cetera. Et cetera. So um, that had me grow up very fast. But I, when I look back on that, I give a lot of credit to my mom because I don't feel like I missed out on my teenage years. You know, some people say to me, oh, well, if you're looking after your siblings, maybe you missed out on those teenage years. No, I had a good balance, a really good balance. And uh, so I feel very fortunate and absolutely love that life. I went back to Australia, finished high school, went to university. And back then it felt like Australia was in the bottom corner of the world, so far away from all of those friends that I'd had from all over the world that were now scattered in the U.S. and Europe and Asia, et cetera. So after university, I bought a one-way ticket out of Australia and went traveling. And I traveled for two years. And part of that travel took me to, I spent two months in Africa traveling from Kenya down to Zimbabwe, uh, camping the whole way with a tour group. I wasn't on my own. And that was an incredible experience. And after that, I came to Whistler, British Columbia, Canada for one ski season. And after that, I was supposed to go to an internship in London, England. And well, I just never got there. <laughs> well, you, you've been in Westland, BC for 33 years now. Yes. Yeah. So I just, that after that first ski season, everyone was telling me summer's amazing here. If you love outdoor sports and stuff so much, you need to stay for summer. And I was like, oh, okay. So I pushed back my internship six months. No problem. Well, then it was going to be ski season again. How could I leave now, right? And I was all of 22 at the time. And I literally had a little sit down with myself and had this conversation of living here close to nature in the outdoors is a healthier way to live. I may earn less money than if I go into merchant banking, living in London, England, in a big city and a high stress job. And I have friends in banking. I've been in London I knew they, you know, work really long hours and then go to the pub at the end of the day and eat crappy pub food and drink beer and, <laughs> you know, deal with the stresses of the day and then repeat it all again the next day. So I knew the lifestyle and I decided that this lifestyle here was a healthier lifestyle and was going to be less stressful. And that's what I chose. And the interesting thing is that I was not even in health and wellness then. I had a commerce degree. That's why I was going into banking. I didn't know what I know today about what stress does to our health, about the benefit of being close to nature. I was just drawn to live here and I followed that intuition and raised two beautiful daughters here, met my husband here and uh, yeah, this is paradise. And again, I'm so grateful for the fact that I have been able to live here for all of this time and still remain connected to that huge community that I developed for all of those years in Japan and still see friends. And as I said, teachers 
from that time. And many of us came together and connected even more powerfully over COVID because of the world of Zoom that opened up to us. So that's who I was then. That's how I came to be here in Canada. And uh, when I came to Whistler, I first worked for the mountain for a season. Then I got into the hotel industry and had a fabulous career in the hotel industry for 24 years. I was working for a national branded hotel company bringing Asian tourists to across all our 40 plus hotels in Canada with that Asian background of course it made sense and then in 2015 Big Fish bought Little Fish and all of a sudden my role wasn't needed anymore they already had somebody else doing it at the Big Fish company and so I was given an hour to clear out my desk and no word of thanks. And in that moment, I knew three things that I was never working for someone else again, that uh, whatever I did next had to be more of service to the planet and humanity, and that I had no idea what that was going to be. But I was open to being guided. And I was very much guided into health and wellness. I was introduced to a company in Vancouver later that year that specialized in brain supplementation. Oh. And I thought, oh, now, isn't that interesting? Because I know I use my brain 24-7, but no one's ever told me that I could do more for the health of my brain. And I'm aware that there's near epidemic levels of Alzheimer's and dementia. Yeah. And it also got me thinking as I sat in that first meeting, my grandmother is 99 years old right now, living in her own home, caring for herself, fully cognitively functioning. So I must have good genes. However... A little voice in my head said, is that enough? And then I started comparing her life to my life. And she was born in little old Christchurch, New Zealand, in the bottom corner of the world back in 1916, before all the toxins that we've had introduced to the world since then, you know, growing all of their own food on the property, all organic, no pesticides, et cetera, et cetera. And I realized, hmm, I was, you know, raised in Tokyo, Japan, which was absolutely incredible. However, it was in the 70s and 80s, which was the height of manufacturing plants spewing out toxins into the atmosphere that float down and land on all of us human beings. And so I realized I'm way more toxic than my grandmother ever was. So if I want to have the life that she has, and she actually lived until she was 101, she died in her sleep two weeks past her 101st birthday, you know, we celebrated, yes, it was sad, yes, there were tears, but we celebrated a life well lived. We weren't mourning the loss of someone whose life was cut too short, right? And that's yeah. what I want, is her life. So I started then learning about more about the brain and also about toxicities and the toxic load and how that impacts our health. And that then led to, interestingly enough, because as I said, I was very much guided here, my daughters were starting to use the brain supplementation because it helped with focus and attention. And they were both in high school. And about two months later, my oldest daughter got a concussion in her first grade 12 soccer game of the season. Oh. And so now because I wasn't working full time and I was interested in the brain and I realized she didn't have the cognitive ability to go to her appointments with physiotherapists and then come home and tell me what they said she should do as her exercises, you know, to help repair the brain and get the neural pathways working again. Because the healing happens between appointments, not just at the appointment. So I started going to the appointments with her. I was learning then I knew what they, they were telling her to do. And then I could support her and remind her to be doing her exercises, etc. And two months after that, I get a phone call from the high school as I'm driving to Vancouver. And it's the high school telling me that my younger daughter has a suspected concussion from gym class in grade eight. Could I please go pick her up? And I literally looked through my windshield across how sound out of the heavens and went, are you kidding me? Please stop taking out my children. This is how you show me my path. <laughs> right. I'm Hello. listening. <laughs> yes, exactly. So now I have two very different concussions. I'm going to two sets of appointments, learning all of this about the brain and the healing of concussions and bringing a nutritional piece to it, which was that supplement. And then learning about nutrition for the brain. And again, there's, you know, different foods that you can eat that are more supportive of brain health, right? So learning all about that. And the great news is both girls fully recovered. We also live in a small town. So people knew our story 
And there's a lot of concussion here. We're a downhill ski resort. We're a downhill bike resort in the summer. But two concussions in the same family, that was a first. Yeah. So people started calling me going, oh, my husband got a concussion. What do I do? My son has a concussion. What do I do? Or I'd even had employers calling me going, I have an employee coming back to work. How do I do that? You know, they've had a concussion. How do I make this work? And so then after that, I was invited to work at a holistic clinic that was opening up uh, to support people on their concussion journey. And I actually went to all the physios in town that I'd been working with going, you guys taught me everything I know, except for the nutrition piece that I've done on my own. Are you okay with me working at this clinic or am I stepping on your toes? And they're like, no, 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 we need more support in this town. Like people need you go work at the clinic. So I said, yes. And then I started looking into, you know, liability insurance, et cetera. Well, I couldn't get that because I didn't have any certification. Oh, so I couldn't work there yet. So that led me to the next gift from the universe, which was calling a friend who was a life coach. I thought if I go be get a life coach certification, then I could get some liability insurance to work at this clinic and coach these people on their concussion recovery. And I had had life coach floating around in the back of my head ever since I'd been let go from work, but it was just floating around there. It wasn't really triggering me to take any action until now. So I call him. I say, you're a great life coach. You've got a thriving business. Where did you go to school? I want to go there. And he just said to me, you don't need to be a life coach. You need to be a health coach. And I went, what? What's that? I'd never even heard the term, but it landed. And I got so excited. I started Googling health coaching schools that night and found one that I loved immediately. And then I went, well, you can't just, you know, do the first one. You got to do a bit more research. Landed back at the one that I loved immediately and started 10 days later. And that started me on the trajectory to the health and wellness career that I have now, which I absolutely love. The more I learned, the more I realized how much I didn't know about how my own body worked. And I didn't know it because I'd been busy doing a commerce degree and then building my career and then getting married and raising children and being a wife and all of those things. And I realized, so therefore, there's many other people who also don't know how their own body works. And therefore, as they go about their daily lives, they're inadvertently doing things that are negatively impacting their health. And what if I could show them another way? And so that's what I do in my business now is educating people in their health, giving them tips in order to be able to prevent chronic illness, come back from chronic illness. To me, chronic illness is the pandemic in the world today. There's far too much of it and people don't have to accept it as a lifelong illness. When we rebalance the body, when we remove the toxicities, when we support the nutrient deficiencies, the body will heal itself. That's what it's designed to do. And that's where I absolutely love working with my clients on their health journey. And as I've continued through my own educational journey, I've now become a trainer of hypnotherapy, NLP, timeline therapy. I finished that just very recently so that BIOS is a master of timeline therapy, but I'm actually now a trainer because these tools are so helpful for people. I literally help people detox their physical body and then use timeline therapy to detox the mental body and the emotional body. You know, all those emotions we've stuffed down over the course of a lifetime that over time become toxic. The mental toxicity, the way we talk to ourselves in our head, 99% of which is not true. So we release all of that so that people can be free to go out and live their best version of themselves, but also free of all of that toxicity, which over time builds disease. When we free the body of it, we don't have disease building. So this is what I love is just teaching people and then now training other practitioners so that they too can work with clients. And it just has that ripple effect. So Melissa, we have a question here for you. How does hypnotherapy help with toxins in the body? So they're just different tools that I use at different times. So hypnotherapy is the tool that I use to create the behavior change for somebody whatever that behavior change may be. Perhaps they're, you know, eating foods that have a lot of toxic chemicals in them, but it's their favorite food. So we want to have them stop eating it. They know they need to stop eating it, but willpower alone isn't enough. We use hypnotherapy to change that behavior because we're changing it neurologically in the brain. So they just no longer want that food. So that's very powerful. 
When it comes to toxins in the body, though, I do run functional medicine detoxes to actually release the toxins that have been stored in the body and get them out of the body, bringing inflammation down, bringing aches and pains down because we've reduced the inflammation, rebalancing hormones, rebalancing the gut, all by getting those toxins out. So that's my direct way to detox the physical body. And then I have the other tools for detoxing the other bodies. So how how many can I classes or courses it's not a course but i mean like how many sessions would they need to have this done it really depends on the individual if they want to do my full-blown program the detox itself is a 21 day detox and then after that we it's about 10 to 12 hours of coaching that i guide someone through in order for them to have to detox the emotional and the physical body and then I actually collaborate with another woman who's also trained in NLP, timeline therapy and hypnotherapy, and she's a reverend. And I have them work on someone's spiritual detox. And then after that, they come back to me for a final session is to just to recap and bring everything together. And it's very, very powerful. That's something I haven't heard about is the spiritual detox. Yeah. So it's, you know, becoming more prominent in today's world as people are wanting to tap into their spirituality and realizing that, you know, they may have past, you know, generational beliefs that yeah. are negatively impacting that. So we can, you know, detox that and shift what spirituality means to them and set them up for success in that realm of their life because all of us are spiritual beings. Yeah. And it's just a matter of what aligns with our soul. So the uh, title of your business is your guided, guided health journey. Yes. Uh, so how did you get that name? I came up with that name because I realized when my girls were going through their concussions that people needed more support on their healing journey. I was there to support them both because I wasn't working full time. And again, everything happens for us, right? I was let go in order to, it's kind of the kick in the butt. You're not doing what we want you to be doing. And um, we're going to have this happen. And then you're going to go through this experience with your daughters. And as I went through that experience, I really saw others struggling. And I realized I'm able to support my daughters, but not everybody has that level of support. And people yeah. need more support. That's what helps them stay out of the stress state and get into the rest and digest state. That's the healing state. We can't do it if we're trying to figure it all out on our own and we're stressing out and we're going to Dr. Google to see what's wrong with us and try to self-diagnose and self-heal. <laughs> Very when dangerous we, thing to do. <laughs> exactly. When we have someone who can show us the way that can hold our hand and let us know each step of the process, that's where we can relax into it. Yeah. And that's where healing happens. And so your guided health journey came out of that experience that I'm here to guide others on their health journey so they can truly heal. I'm glad that you brought up Dr. Google because a lot of people run to Dr. Google and then they, the panic sets in, right? Yes. And then you're like, oh my goodness, I have this deadly, and it might not even be that, but because exactly. you read the symptoms and all of that, you just believe everything Mr. Dr. Google tells you, right? Yes. I, I tell people stay away from Dr. Google. You Anybody can self-diagnose themselves as imminently dying on Dr. Google in about three minutes flat. Yeah. And that's not helpful because, as you said, that sets off the stress. It sets off the fear. Yeah. We want to be out of the fear state. And so the work that I do, I also offer functional medicine labs that get mailed to people's homes so that we can understand what is going on inside the body. We get to the root cause. We see the nutrient deficiencies. We see the toxic levels, et cetera. We see the imbalances. And then we can, once we have all of that information, we know then the action steps to take to resolve it. So then I'll write someone's wellness protocol. And it's not that I snap my fingers and you're magically healed. It is a process. It is a journey. Our health is a journey our entire life. Yeah. However, I can help someone rebalance their body in six months to a year. In many cases, it's been far longer than that, that they've been suffering because it takes time. Anything that's really good and that really has an effect takes time, right? Exactly. Exactly. And it takes time for the body to become diseased anyway. Nobody goes to bed perfectly healthy one night and wakes up sick the next day. It's been brewing in their body for a long time. They've been having little tiny symptoms. They've been ignoring them because society teaches us 
to push through and be strong and suck it up and all of these things. So we ignore our symptoms. We write things off as, oh, it's just aging. Yeah. Or it's my seasonal allergies or it's my genetics. And we do nothing. And really those symptoms, we want to respond to them as early as possible. Because they're the body's way of talking to us going, hmm, something's wrong. Not liking what you're doing right now. Can we change some things? Right. And well, when that's we the thing, right? We don't listen, right? We just exactly we want to just put a band-aid on everything. Exactly. You know, it's a quick fix. Oh no, it's fixed. It, it it'll go away. You know, let's just move on. You know, let's stop ripping and start ripping those and tearing those band-aids off and start healing ourselves and taking yes. that journey. And a journey is time. The word yes. journey means time. It yes. means not not the a three-day fix it and then and back to work we go. You know, right. it's like, it's like you mentioned the concussions, they take time yes. to get over, you know, yes. it's not something you get over within 24 hours. It's, it does. Oh, take yeah. time. It took my oldest daughter a year. She didn't go to university that fall because she wasn't ready. Right. Yeah. It took my younger daughter about three months because everybody's different. The degree of the concussion was different. The place of impact was different, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And we can never compare ourselves to another human being in terms of the length of time the healing will take it will take however long it needs to take yeah. based on where you were at when we started working together and how motivated and active you are through that healing process you know some people are in such adrenal burnout that we have to take it really really slowly and gently yeah. some people we're ready we can throw everything at them you know and start a whole bunch of things at once and it just depends on the individual and so it is very customized for each person and i can never tell someone how long it's going to take i can only let you know what the process is well melissa i i wanted to really get into understanding you as a little girl into a grown woman right because we do things for others with the childhood and the inner child right so is this where girls matters comes in from the little girl within you uh wanting that education wanting that awareness out there hearing these stories and saying hey i can bring a difference by using my uh you know my expertise i can use it but my connections like you've traveled a lot you've traveled around europe asia and then you took two months on the un truck and you went all over africa like yeah did that actually help you with what you're doing now today with the girls uh girls matters and how did you come up with the name girls matters so there's a lot there so first of all coming up with the name is because we support girls in their education and making a difference for girls after traveling around so many third world countries and seeing what life was like for them Girls, unfortunately, really don't matter. They are second-class citizens, and the boys get the education, and the girls don't. And so that's literally where the name came from, is bringing to the forefront that girls do matter. And one of my original board members, when we first started Girls Matter back in 2017, she questioned me on that. And she goes, why would you call it that? Because, of course, girls matter. I said, yes. Right here where you live, that's the belief that you have. But that's not the belief all over the world. And so naming it Girls Matter is to raise the awareness for everyone around the world that girls matter. And for people in first world countries to have some awareness that they don't matter in other places. And let's come together as women and as human beings to change that. So that's where the name came from. Where my desire to help came from is, first of all, as a little girl growing up, I watched my parents volunteer all the time. As I said, I was a swimmer. Both my parents volunteered at all of my swim meets. My brother was a swimmer as well. They volunteered at my schools. I grew up just believing that as a parent, that's what you do. You volunteer. So when I had my own children, I started volunteering. I would volunteer in the kindergarten classroom, in the grade one classroom, helping kids read, you know, all kids. I did all sorts of things. And I started volunteering with Girl Guides, or in the U.S. it's called Girl Scouts. And so my oldest is 25 now. She joined Girl Guides when she was five. I've been a Girl Guide leader for 20 years oh. and love working with the girls. I've done a number of trips with them, many, many camps over the years, and love giving kids these opportunities. And especially the travel, 
because to me, you learn so much when you travel. You learn about the culture, you try different foods, and you build a tolerance for everything that is different. And you don't judge it. You get curious about it. And that's also what I want for kids growing up is don't judge everything that's different. Get curious. Yeah. And be tolerant of those differences because those differences are what makes the world so wonderful. And so back in 2013, I took my girl guides to the documentary called Girls Rising. And we were, it was showing at the library and there was about 20 of us in the room. And this documentary, Girls Rising, was all about the struggle of girls to have a right to an education in many countries around the world. It was showcasing them as being second-class citizens. It was showing young girls being married off and becoming slaves to their husbands. It was horrific. And I watched that with tears coming down my face. All these girls wanted was to go to school. Yeah. And they were being denied every step of the way. And I was sitting there aware that I was in a room of 20 plus girls, my both my daughters included, all of whom were taking their education for granted. And knowing that I had taken mine for granted, although I also was aware that I had an excellent education in the international school system. But there were times when I didn't want to go to school. Yeah. And there were times when every kid in this room had faked being sick not to go to school. And even though I traveled to these countries and I'd seen how people lived, just having all of these stories in one documentary really drove it home to me how imbalanced it was in, you know, from various countries around the world. And I just decided I need to do something about this. Education should be a right, not a privilege. And I had no idea how I was going to do that. I just knew that somehow, some way, I needed to do something about this. And it was about two years later. No. Yeah, about two years later that I was at a conference when I'd been let go from my job. So I was building my business. And the speaker said, we're all put on this earth to do three things. Never stop learning find your passion and be of service. And I was like, yes. And then he said, you don't have to know how you're going to do all that. You just have to know your why. Yep. And that really landed with me. And I went, I know my why. I want to help the girls, but I don't know how. But I realized all of this time, I hadn't told a single person what I wanted to do because I thought I had to figure out how before I could then tell somebody else. Yeah. And now I realized I don't have to know how. I need to start telling people my why and then the how will fall into place. And so I left that conference and I reached out to the only two people I knew in British Columbia that had started a nonprofit. And I asked them to teach me how to start a nonprofit. And they said, sure. What do you want to do? And I told them, I said, I want to raise funds to help keep girls in school so that we're stopping teenage marriages and we're changing the GDP of nations when we educate girls. In that Girls Rising documentary, it said that if India could educate just 1% more girls, they would grow their GDP by $55 billion. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So to me, that's the answer. Educate the girls. We bring the countries out of poverty. It's not easy, but that's how we do it. And they loved that. They said, you know what? We'll do that with you. And so again, that was the gift, right? Because they were already working in Uganda. They, their nonprofit was building a preschool there in a little tiny village of Buyaya on the side of Mount Elgon. The nearest town is Sironko. The nearest big city is Mbale. And this community had no school whatsoever. So they built a preschool in order that the kids, when, when, when they went to elementary school, they could actually read and write a little bit. 
Because what was happening is that elementary schools were so full and overflowing that kids were falling through the cracks and coming out illiterate. Whereas if we focus on teaching them earlier, then they can hold their own as they go through the crowded elementary schools in the town, right? Yeah. And that's what they started doing. So they already had teaching staff on the ground. They already had connections to this whole community. And so we were able to launch Girls Matter and just piggyback right on that. And so we literally launched the next month. And we've been building ever since. They also have a preschool in Nepal. So ultimately, we'd like to move Girls Matter into supporting in Nepal as well. Oh, let me um, connect you with some people for that. Yeah, I'd love to. We definitely want to build in Nepal. And we also have um, started working in Kenya because last year I was connected with an organization called the Jolly Sisters, J-A-L-I Sisters. And the Jolly Sisters work with women in the slums in Nairobi. And they teach the women in the slums how to create an income, making beautiful gift cards that are sold online in international communities, crafting and selling them at market stalls and how to run their market stall, as well as making reusable washable menstrual pads for girls. So we partnered with them to support the girls of those women. We also raised funds to provide them the materials so that they could be making more reusable, washable menstrual supplies. And in Uganda, we partnered with the Rotary through my connections with our local Rotary in order to buy the menstrual pads for the girls in the village of Buyaya because they don't have that. Therefore, they miss a week of school every month because they don't have supplies that allow them to go to school. They have to stay home. And that's such a foreign concept to all of us in the Western world where we just go to the store and buy supplies. No big deal. And they just simply don't have that. So it, not only were we raising funds for girls to stay in school, now we're supporting menstrual supply programs. And then now we've had four girls graduate from university, which is really exciting. And some of them are now wanting to start their own businesses. And I shouldn't say university, I should say tertiary education, because one of them has become a seamstress. Oh. So she makes beautiful clothing. In fact, she made all of the little graduation gowns for the preschoolers this year. So we, we got these beautiful photos of like 50 little, you know, three and four year olds all graduating from preschool. And they're all in a cap and gown, all made by Evelyn, because we funded her going to seamstress school. So now she needs... Um, a sewing machine in order to be able to continue doing her work because she's no longer at school. She doesn't have access to the sewing machines at school. So now we're looking into kind of microfinance loans in order to support her to be able to buy a sewing machine. And then she can generate an income making the clothing, etc., and then pay us back. And then as she pays us back, those funds can then go to another girl to go to school. So we've been evolving over the course of since 2017 when we launched, and uh, it's been a fabulous, a fabulous journey. So, Melissa, your two focus areas right now are Kenya and Uganda, correct? Yeah, that is correct. Yes. So you have an event coming up, and I, I want to get that out there because that's coming up in March, and, and this is going to also bring awareness to Girls Matter, and I, I want to get it out there for all the listeners and share this tea time with all of your, your family members, your friends, your businesses, because that's how we make a difference. And you, and you hear the impact and the changes that are being made for four girls. You know what? Four girls is better than no girls. I, you know, I'm cheering over here, like one girl at a time, you know? Uh, and I love the statement that you sent me uh, about the girls, you know, uh, we really need to just start with one. Uh, mm -hmm. So if you want to read, uh, say that statement that you sent me, I think it's one, one girl, yeah. one family. Yes. One girl, one family, one village at a time. That's, that's it. That's our mission or our tagline at Girls Matter. Yes. So before we get into uh, the event that's coming up in March, I think it's March 8th, the event. Yes, it is. That's International Day of the Woman or International Day of the Girl. That's why we picked wow. that day to host our event. I, I, I was going to ask you about that because I was like, that's around that time of that International Girl Day. Mm -hmm. Awesome time. So before we get into the event, I want to get into your tea because the tea that you gave me was Together, Educate and Amplify. 
So with those three words, tell me why you gave me those words as your T, Melissa. I started with together because I truly believe that we are just not meant to go through this journey called life alone. And that it takes support of another to achieve anything that we want to achieve in life. And in fact, in one of my trainings that I did, one of the trainers said, independence creates poverty. Interdependence is where we create wealth. And so the togetherness comes from that interdependence. I cannot do this alone. And I don't ever want to do it alone because it is much more fun to be doing this with others. And so together, we can make a difference. Educate, because that's the basis of Girls Matter is educating the girls. It's also what I do in my business. I'm educating people in regards to their health. Showing them the little tiny steps that they can take to improve their health. My podcast is all about education. And then Amplify is working with people like you to amplify our message, to get it out there to more people. Because I know there are millions of people out there that want to be able to do more and they don't know how to help. And so we're giving you a way that you can make a difference. You could sponsor a girl. A girl going to school in Africa, you know, it costs about between $1,500 and $2,000 US a year to sponsor a girl. And that includes all of their education, all of their healthcare needs, all of their textbooks, their uniform, and their accommodation. They're going to boarding school. And university is about $2,000 to $2,500 per year. That's so much less than what university is in North America. And again, that includes their accommodation and their meals. That includes everything. And you can make a difference in that person's life. For, so again, for Melissa, so that's a year, right? The 2000 to 2500 Yes, yes. And we, of course, have more girls that would love support. So as we grow, we can help more people. And so again, together, we can do that. For just $10, you can provide a girl with enough menstrual supplies to last her a year. And what do we spend $10 on in North America? That's not even two beverages at Starbucks. <laughs> That's one right? beverage at Starbucks. <laughs> These days, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I, Starbucks is a it, it's a pricey place, and it is. You know, we always make these excuses, or we'll get to it later, or we'll help later, or we'll support later. When you can just give the ten dollars and it's done. Like you know, uh, that that's my biggest thing is when people reach out to me and they're like, "This is I'm, I'm really like, let me see what I can do." Like that's right away. I'm like, "What what can I do?" Okay, I can't give this much, but maybe I can do this much. You know, and that's what we need to do is we need to start looking at how we can help people, how we can bring that awareness. Right. And we need to understand that the little makes the big difference. Yes, exactly. You know, stop worrying about the big amounts. Worry about the little amounts because those mm -hmm. little amounts do add up to big amounts when a lot of people start supporting. Mm -hmm. So exactly. I want to. Well, and I'll just in say. Great news. But just before we go into the event, great news that is where in Canada, as everyone knows, Nonprofits in Canada can now give tax donation receipts and both U.S. citizens and Canadian citizens can use that in their tax returns. And so on our website, if you donate at our website, which is girlsmatter.ca, you will get a tax donation receipt for that. And you can set yourself up with an account to create a subscription donation. So if you're able to donate $10 a month, you can set yourself up to just have that automatically happen if that's how you would like to help. So we've tried to make it as easy as possible because as I said, I know there's a lot of people that want to help. They don't know how. And what's different about what we offer and the reason I wanted to start my own nonprofit and not pay into another larger organization 
is I was frustrated by the amount of money that gets bogged down in salaries and in, you know, admin costs of larger organizations. If I donate, I want the money to get to the end user. I don't need you to send me address labels. I don't need you to send me cards. I don't need anything in the mail. And so we don't send you anything because all of the money you donate, all of it goes to the girls. I don't get paid. This is what I do as my volunteer work. And none of my board members are getting paid. We don't take salaries because we want all the money to get to the girls. And I think that really defines us from some of the other larger organizations. I don't send you a brochure of all the different things that you can do with the money that you donate. Yeah. I think, I, I think the purpose is there, right? And I think that's mm -hmm. what's happening with the larger organizations. Uh, no pun intended or no, I'm not shaming. We're not shaming. No. But the thing is they've lost the purpose. They've lost the why. The, and, and it just seems to carry on and carry on and carry on. But we don't see the results because they've stayed in this stale, stale stigma way of doing things instead of saying, Let's take this back. Let's remove this and let's give an extra $2 to the, to the girls or to the exactly. children or to the, and the, the person that needs it and take that $2 cut back from bonuses and, and advertisement and stuff like that. Because $2 from everybody adds up. And yes. this is where I get frustrated. Miss Liz gets really frustrated is when I hear people say, I can't do it. Yes, you can. You can take that cutback, that bonus. Because at the end of the day, you're making a change in someone else's life. It's not always about look at me and let me shine. It's what legacy do we want to leave behind when we're gone? Exactly. You know, what change do we want to share for our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren to say, you know what? Volunteer your time. Volunteering your time is heart. It's passion. It's purpose. You know? It's not you know, about the, the currency. It also, volunteering your time, also is extremely fulfilling. And as human beings, we need fulfillment. And guess what it does? It reduces your anxiety. It reduces your depression. It brings you joy. It brings you heart, as you said. Yeah. And so I just, you know, I read the book um, by Lynn Twist, called A Committed Life. And I love the story that she shared at the beginning of that book. And she had gone, I believe it was to Africa, but it might've been India because she did work in a lot of amazing places. And she found a community that needed support. And she had a group of girlfriends from New York and they all lived on Fifth Avenue. And she saw this community that needed support had so much joy in their life with so little and she wanted to help just lift their quality of life just a little bit so it wasn't so hard. And over here, she had all these Fifth Avenue girlfriends that had so much, but were completely unfulfilled. And she brought them together because there were seven members in this community and she had seven girlfriends. And she said, each of your girlfriends sponsor one of these people in this community. And together they all raised the quality of life and made it less hard for the people overseas. And it brought fulfillment and joy to the women on Fifth Avenue. And that's powerful. And I, and I think that that's where we can make a difference, right? Is exactly. by showing and being the example as well. Exactly. So, Melissa, I want to get into the event. I'm going to put mm -hmm. the link up here. So what what's happening on March 8th? Do you want to share a little bit? Absolutely. So on March 8th, we are doing a one day summit. It's from 9am to 3pm Pacific. And it is aimed at entrepreneurs and business owners, but anybody can join us. We have five or six speakers that will be sharing their stories and teaching that day in different aspects of, of business. So, you know, even related to careers, because we want to be giving you something for you to show up and give us your time. We want you to have great takeaways from that day. We will also be sharing about Girls Matter and um, hoping that because you're getting value for the day from the learnings that you're getting in regards to business, et cetera, that you will want to, in return, open your wallet and donate to Girls Matter. So we're educating you such that 
you can help us educate the girls in Africa. So we're calling it Superhero Live. And really what it's all about is uh, you finding your passion, doing your purpose and making it profitable and getting to your superhero success, whatever that is in your life. And we'd love to have you come and be a part of us fundraising for Girls Matter on the International Day of the Girl and us helping you get to your superhero success. So we're very excited about it. So Melissa, with the link that I have up, that's the link that they can join the event, correct? Yes. Yes. How much are the tickets? The tickets are $97 to come for the entire six hours and learn from these fabulous speakers. The speakers are all highlighted on that website there. And there will also be VIP packages, which include additional um, offerings from each of the speakers. And that will all be updated on the website probably by the end of next week. And uh, so there's that option as well. And the VIP members will also get all of the recordings. So if you can't come and be there for the full six hours, but you want to have the recordings and hear all of the speakers, you will get those recordings so that you own them for life and you can go back and watch them for yourself, share them with employees, friends, etc. at a later date. So great value for anybody attending the event. Well, I really want to thank you. You know, I, I love learning about uh, nonprofits that are making a difference in children's lives, especially girls. You know, these teen marriages, we, we really haven't touched on that, the teen marriages. Uh, what got you involved with the teen marriages? Because I was big a couple of years ago on children being sold uh, for profit. Uh, and it, it's happening even to the, today in Canada as well. Uh, if a lot of people don't think it's happening in Canada, it is happening in Canada. I, I really want people to get educated on that as well. So teen marriages, what was that? A, what? How can we stop that? How can we bring awareness to that? So the way we stop it at Girls Matter is we fund the girls to stay in school. So what happens in... Africa, in you know Nepal, in other countries around the world, is first off, education isn't free. So the government education that is free in Canada at public schools, free in the US, free in the Western world, they have to pay for. And they're already struggling to make a living, struggling to put food on the table. They often have large families, four, five, six, seven children. And after a while, the parents get to a place where it's either food on the table or education. And so the food on the table obviously becomes priority. And then depending how many kids they have now, it's okay, we can't afford for all of the kids to go to school. We can afford food on the table and three of the kids to go to school. So we're gonna send those three to go to school, but the other ones that we can't afford to go to school, they're not going to school. And oh, look, if I marry off my older daughters, they become someone else's problem. I don't have to worry about being able to feed them anymore. And so that's what happens is it comes down to being a financial decision as awful as that sounds. That's what's happening. And so we actually have two girls that we are supporting through school right now. They don't actually have sponsors. We had an anonymous donor support both of them for one year of school, which was 2023. For 2024, we don't have a sponsor for them all the way through school. So we've been using some of our reserve funds these two girls were going to be married off. And the teaching staff that we work with came to us and said, Girls Matter is about keeping girls in school and stopping teenage marriages, right? And we said, yes. And they said, we have these two girls that their father just can't afford to feed them anymore. They're going to be married off. What can you do? And around that time, we had an anonymous donor who gave us one year so that, that went to those two girls. And then now we're kind of limping along, hoping that another sponsor will come through to be able to support them. One girl has just started university in nursing and the other girl still has, I can't remember if it's two or three more years of high school, but that's how we've been supporting them. So at the time that they were going to be married off, they were respectively 15 and 17 years old. Wow. And our community that we work in is very supportive of girls having an education, which is why we work there. You know, we don't want to 
we're not going to go into an area where we don't have support, right? Let's start with areas where we have support and have the success ripple out so that other areas go, oh, maybe there is something to this. So this father, he was so grateful that we supported the education because he really didn't want to marry them off. He didn't have a choice. Yeah. And then there was an additional cost that came up for one of the girls that they asked for. And I kind of went, oh, we've already done all of this. What, you know, what more can we do? And then I got a message back saying, you know what? Their father's so grateful. He wants to show you how grateful he is. He sold a goat in order to come up with the money to pay that small portion, that additional fee that the school had added on to. I think it was the older girl, like graduation fee. And so I was really touched by that because I know they don't have a lot. So I know that was such a strong sign to me in selling the goat that he really did appreciate what we were doing for his work. So Melissa, we have a question here. How much is it to sponsor a girl? So depending whether they're in high school or university, high school is roughly $1,500 to $2,000 a year. And then university can be up to $2,500 a year. And it, it does depend on what school they're at, what university they're at, what they're studying. But that's kind of the average amount of what it costs. And if anybody is interested in having a conversation and finding out specifics, then, you know, please email me at, it's just info at girlsmatter.ca. And I can find out exact numbers for you if that's what you would like to know. And does that have to be in one lump sum or can it be made in payments? It can, what, the way we do it for school is they're on a three semester system. So we pay three times a year. So we could do it in three payments would be more helpful to us. Although if it needed to be in 12 payments from someone doing a subscription, we could certainly look at that. And universities are in two semesters. So we make two payments a year for university. Awesome. And they cannot go to school until the next semester is fully paid. So what happens is you actually have like some uh, a lady I'm trying to help right now as well. She's 17 years old, but she's only going into grade nine because she hasn't had consistent funding for her education. So if they if the funds aren't there, they don't get to go. So then they just wait until they've saved enough money and then they can go for a semester here and then they might not get. So their school's very interrupted compared to what it looks like in North America, where you're with your age group and you all go through together, you can have 17 year olds and 13 year olds in the same grade eight class. Wow. Wow. So Melissa, what final message would you like to leave everybody today with? I would just love to leave people with the message that is on my Facebook page that I've seen you post Miss Liz as well, is just be the difference you want to see in the world. What is it you would like to see? You can make that happen. And together we can all do more. It's so easy, but yet so complicated for so many out there. You know, one one little effort makes a difference, you know, and having exactly. having this conversation makes a difference. You know, getting the awareness out there makes a difference. Absolutely. Having, listeners tune in and asking questions makes a difference you know it doesn't always have to be currency it can be awareness it can be sharing reposting this tea time uh you know spreading the word and saying hey do you guys know about girls matters if you don't reach out you know and if you can't reach melissa you can always reach me and i can always connect you guys uh you know and let's really get some girls uh their education let's get them sponsored and you know and i wish you all the best with your event on march 8th and thank you uh, i look forward to hearing how that went from you and i want really want to thank everybody because without the listeners without the supporters and my guests tea time would not be where it is today and news all make the difference when you come and sit and share your teas so i want to thank you again melissa for sharing your tea with me today and reaching out and saying hey miss liz you know let's do this so let's do this and we did it we did a surprise tea time so we will be back on thursday at 3 p.m and 7 p.m and we're going to be doing grief and love so we're going to be talking about how it affects our lives and that 
but bringing a positive to it because Miss Liz likes to bring positive. I don't like the hitting on the negative. I like to stay on the positive and getting the difference out there. So if you'd like to know more about uh, Melissa, you can reach her out on her link tree at your guide health journey. Uh, you can also reach her on girlsmatters.ca and you can make a little donation. Those $10 donations can actually save a girl uh, from missing school. So I really want to encourage everybody just to run out and give $10. $10 goes a long way. So thanks everybody. And I will see everybody Thursday, same time, same place. And we'll serve another cup of TEA to all of you guys. And thank you so much for having me on the show today, Miss Liz. This has been fabulous. And I appreciate all the work that you do to highlight and promote all of the great work of all of the nonprofits that you highlight here. It's such a wonderful thing to help, as I said, amplify all the good that is happening in the world. Well, thank you so much.